This human, Cameron, is a patak who has no more honor than a shorn targ. All I did was not watch The Next Generation. I, I didn't know that was prerequisite to having Klingon honor. Silence, you who sniffs his own wrist. To pay for your shame, you will be forced to... Not the pain sticks. ...host a podcast. Oh. And you'll be watched like the Mokdar you are by Rob. Yeah, you Mokdar. And by Bobby. Uh, is this part of the contract? Regain your honor this week and watch... Darmok. Kapla. Kapla. Kapla? All my uh, stories lately revolve around my artistic team up with uh, Mike Bennett, popular Instagram mm. artist who cuts things out of plywood and usually hides them around town or anyway. Uh, his current project that we've been working on and that I've been busy, busy, busy with is uh, Usually he, in the past year during pandemic, he's been putting like A through Z animal zoos in his front yard. Like he'll make his own little cartoon version of different animals. And usually they're in his front yard, but he became so well trafficked that he, he wanted to do a new, a new alphabet of cryptids. This would be a second set of cryptid animals, Bigfoots and Yetis and whatnot. Uh, and he didn't want to burden his neighborhood with the sheer number of people that have been had come in the past. So he asked, his many, you know, followers, if there was a, uh, a space he could use. And St. John's came through and they said, hey, we have three empty buildings that we'd like you to look at. And he chose one that was a bank that's been closed for quite a while. And he, me and him and some other, many other friends have been transforming it into a crypto museum. He made this whole store backstory where his ancestors, like, owned this building and were bankers or, or hippies or, you know, each ancestor has their own unique story. And then they were all obsessed with cryptids. And so you can go through for free. In St. John's until like a week after Halloween. And uh, it's all just this walkthrough, like a Ripley's Believe It or Not type experience where you go through and, and mm. see all his art. And then uh, I've been stocking the gift shop, which is in a fake cabin of curiosities. I have a barrel guy that gave me some free barrels to uh, to decorate. So and they're pretty, it's, a barrel goes a long way in, in creating yeah. atmosphere. Uh, so if you guys need barrels, I got a barrel guy. Oh, okay, finally. Sorry. Sorry I'm running a little bit late. I uh, have been doing yard work all day and helping uh, my friend Marcy starting this new podcast oh, called uh, Green Thumbs, a, a newbie's track through the next generation of gardening. It's really great. <laughs> it's Wait, what? me as a newbie gardener go and experience all the uh, joys and wonders of uh, planting things. And we also talk about sci-fi a lot. It's kind of fun. Anyway, Cam hasn't actually filled me in all that much. What What's this this one about again? Who Who is this person? What is happening? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm Ian. Cam said I should come and do a podcast with you guys t- today. <laughs> Welcome, Ian. Ian, that 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 was yesterday. That was supposed to be for our um. Who I got nothing. <laughs> the Arboretum <laughs> Cast. Come on, Arboretum <laughs> Cast. Yeah, the Arboretum for TNG. Cast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's about Keiko and the. That's right. It's about every time the Arboretum shows up on the Next Generation. So it's going to be about five episodes long. Huh. And it'll be good stuff. Well, this is off the rails. I think we should uh, wrap it up. Well, I had a question, though, for you, Rob. Uh, does the... What's it called? Uh, crypto... It's the Crypto Zoo Museum of Mystery. Does the cryptid bank accept cryptocurrency? That's what people... When they hear crypto now, they don't think of cryptids. So there no. are a lot of people uh, wondering about uh, if we accept, you know, Dogecoin or whatever. Does anyone have a cryptid crypto yet? I want a Squatch coin. Ooh, that, I'd, I'd invest in that. We could probably... 
make that work. I have a laser engraver now. We could make some Squatch coins. Now, if I have uh, a Cryptosporidium infection, am I allowed to come to the Crypto Zoo? I don't know. That's good. (laughs) That's what the museum is about. It's mostly about your Cryptosporidium infection. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through TNG. I am Cameron, his eyes shut to the next generation. But here to help me translate this cultural touchstone, the Amy Adams to my weird arrival aliens, Miss Bobby Blue. Oh, hello. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you all again. The Jimmy Spader to my Kurt Russell, Rob. Ah, look out for the Stargate. Very good. And in the guest chair today, we have Professor Henry Iggins to my Eliza Doolittle, Ian Billington. Just you wait, Cameron Harrison. Just you wait. <laughs> I was so afraid you were going to call me by the name from um, Enemy Mine, and I had no quotes from Enemy Mine. <laughs> Dennis Quaid to my Louis Gossett Jr.? Uh-huh. I don't know. what to, I couldn't think of it. Be like, I'm a man, baby. Yeah. I'm a man. I'm a pregnant man. And stalking us, looking as if the boss from Dinosaurs had found a Predator's cloaking device, <laughs> John T. Bowles. <laughs> That is the best description of the monster in this episode. That is good. That's all I can see. <laughs> all right. Well, Ian. Yes, Cameron. If Ian's dulcet tones sound familiar to you, that may be because he was the voice of our intro in season one. Uh, I don't know if I've ever really given you enough credit for that on the show. So let me just now say thank you. And you did a fantastic job for uh, easing us into our our freshman season i'm glad i could be a help and then be thrown away after season one just like tasha Yar. <laughs> everyone gets a turn everyone gets a can turn. we have a um live reading of that intro if you have no by heart i assume um, i mean i do but um you know it's it's on demand only and yeah. we haven't discussed the financials so yeah, yeah yeah you have to buy into his patreon for that or a, ca- a cameo you, you've got to get the cameo that's yeah. right but Ian, we have been trying to get you on since then. Since we've started having guests, we've been trying to get you on. Your lovely partner, Liz, is a frequent guest, but for some reason, it just hasn't worked for you. So I am super excited to finally have you on to our Next Generation podcast. Why don't you tell the listeners what your relationship status is with Star Trek and or The Next Generation? I mean, I, I remember trying to get home in time to watch The Next Generation when it first came out because I'm of that weird era where you couldn't DVR things or you had a VCR, but it just wasn't the same. Ah, the olden times. As seeing, you know, that those, those crazy bunny commercials right between the various cold cuts, uh, not, (laughs) not the meat, the film. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I've been doing the next generation forever. I grew up on star Trek and other sci-fi. I have a very sci-fi friendly family. Like we have the Douglas Adams comic books and things like that. So, um, Yeah. It is, and, and Star Trek is just a regular, like, comfort movie staple in our house as well. Uh, so I can do most of the original movies by heart, and we use it quite a bit in various movie games. Um, and I, I, What's your favorite movie, Star Trek movie? My favorite movie? I, I, I have a nostalgic place for Star Trek Four, which I think has a title, but I think it's just Star Trek Four. Uh, Here There Be Whales. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. What are the sci-fi properties that uh, uh, shaped you in your sci-fi loving fam? Uh, I mean, Douglas Adams stuff, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, old school era Doctor Who. Watched a little bit of like the late night TV show, things like Earth 2020 and things like that in the, the 
late high school, early college days. Never really got into Babylon 5, which is, again, kind of a sad point, because uh, I hear it's great, but, uh, you know, I guess I'll have to wait for a Babylon 5 podcast or something. <laughs> They're out there, I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Well, this week you get to talk about the episode Darmok, or as it's translated into the original Temerian, Picard, his jacket sexy. Mm, his jacket. <laughs> and I think we should just take a minute. Let's get all our jacket talk out right now. Otherwise, it's just going to like Here's mine. eat up the rest of the episode. Here's mine. Jacket good. <laughs> Rob's coming in with the hot takes. Damn jacket good. I just, I, I feel like there is there a story to this jacket? Like, where did the jacket come from? Well, well did Cameron, Picard just come back from a thrift shop? What's going on? Jacket good. Well, <laughs> that's right. When I was doing research, I can tell you that uh, this was the first time they decided to do a captain wardrobe change. So they put him mm -hmm. in a dark gray shirt and gave him this badass fake leather shoulder look so he would be more distinguished uh, from the other actors. But it also kind of reminds me of uh, Marnie McFly's uh, jacket in Back to the Future. <laughs> I was like waiting for it to pop, pop open. <laughs> for Picard to fall in the river and have to get out and self-dry. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, the, the original script, I think, had something to do. It wasn't actually about them having to fight a monster. It was them going to the planet and then having a runway show. Ooh. So he needed to have you know multiple looks, but a walk off. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of on the fence with the with the jacket. Uh, so Marcy texted in uh, while she was watching, and she said that the jacket is the new Picard Jod purse. And I'm I'm kind of here for that take. I get like it. It's a damn fine looking jacket. Picard looks pretty good. He wears the hell out of that jacket. He, he does. He does. On the other hand, I'm also kind of getting a vibe like like that cool uncle you had when growing up, but then you got older and you just realized he was like the family kind of like degenerate who couldn't hold a job and never cut it as a musician. Like I, I don't, and I think it's only because he's wearing it inside in the climate controlled starship. Like he looks perfectly in place when he's down on the planet. I just don't know why he's wearing it inside. It looks like he just came in from somewhere from darts or something. I'm going to say knowing Picard, my guess is some woman important enough to him to make it matter told him he looked good in it and he has been wearing it for like the last three weeks and Washed nobody on the crew has been able to get him to stop yet so <laughs> like it's like a gift from beverly it's like well i can't i can't dote on my son anymore so i bought you this jacket yeah <laughs> and he was like oh well Maybe Wes found it in like a thrift shop down on Earth and like mailed it to him. Oh, I like I like that actually. <laughs> I think he's just chilly and he can't wear an afghan because they make fun of him. <laughs> it would look too much like he was sundowning. He's like, yep, he's got his tea and a little, a little, you know. But when is he ever wearing a jacket? Right, right, straight on the bridge. It, it looks like he knows he's going on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Just in case some aliens kidnap and yeah. teleport me down to an <laughs> exterior location. They're like, well, we've, we've met the Temerians seven times over the last hundred years, and all we know is they like action captains. So, <laughs> yeah. dress like action captain. Fair. Are we going to be, are we seeing this from here on out? Is this going to be a staple now? Because it, I got to say, like, it didn't look familiar Isn't to me. Isn't the point not to tell you those things? I guess, I guess. Like it's, I, I have to admit that's going to be the hardest thing on this is trying to not to spoil because I, ha I'm not entirely sure what you have seen and you haven't seen so far. So I, I apologize if I let any spoilers loose. I will try hard not to. I did look through <laughs> season five to make sure I don't pre-spoil any of that stuff. I will say there's some good stuff coming up. There's at least one episode that I know you are going to love. Ooh. Um, 
But beyond that, uh, and Ian does have a good uh, finger on the pulse of my my pop culture interests. Oh, you! I was afraid you were going to say something else there. Um, <laughs> well, that's uh, that's all I basically. I mean, I can't promise the jacket won't come back up, but that was the bulk of my notes on it. That was the jacket. Five minutes. All right, jacket. Good. That's all you need to jacket. So. <laughs> You know, I heard that there was an alternate take where he had a um a hoodie on and he was had a <laughs> and they didn't go with that like a Mr. Robot no? thing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. All right. Well, so they are all meeting because yes, they have received communication from a race known as the Children of Tama, a phrase which doesn't get brought back. Oh, no, Tamarians. Uh, Tamarians. Yeah. Um. So a weird fact about this is that this is actually not the original script that they had for this, um, which I'm seeing nods from from Bobby and a blank face from Cameron, which means one of them did their homework. Um, I, I was assigned to do the homework, so that's okay. what I know. Yeah, so I th- try to stay away, otherwise I read spoilers. Uh, so yeah, w- this is actually a script that had been sitting in limbo for, I don't remember how long, maybe Bobby knows, but I think it was like two years or something. Almost. It was, it was like 18 or 19 months until the final draft was actually written. But then another three months to film. So two years until it hit the screen. Yeah, because the first draft, not great, but interesting conceptually. It was about they go to a planet and there's just a kid playing in the dirt and he keeps saying Darmok. And when they try to question him, the people just get flung into space. Wow. Like the forgotten, like the forgotten, and <laughs> oh man, that's a hell of a pole cam. <laughs> like there's some weird shit that happens in Star Trek, but nothing like that. Um, uh, yeah, that. And at some point, All right. yeah, so the only things that really stayed after that is not being able to understand people and the word Darmok. Darmok, okay. I would have found this in my research, but I don't do research because homework's for nerds. Um, aren't you on a Star Trek podcast? And weren't you talking about running a cryptid museum? I uh, run, <laughs> I yeah, own a museum and I uh, run this podcast. So. Man, you are way too cool. Yeah. Can we just for a moment appreciate the forgotten for really like choosing to say no this is unambiguously aliens at a certain point by just in the most dramatic way possible <laughs> mm-hmm. taking what you think is going to be a psychological thriller and being like nope it's aliens. nope it's aliens <laughs> and for really bringing into that flinging people into the sky guy, right? that has, has really taken over. yeah now i want to see if it's the same writer well, then I think the, the writers got switched a little bit because when a, uh, a different writer took it on, he also had just seen um, Dances with Wolves. And he was really fascinated by the Kevin Costner scene uh, with the warrior Native American sitting in front of a fire trying to figure out how to talk. Mm. And he said, nah, screw this uh, uh, kid playing in the dirt thing. Uh, I think that's it. Two people in a fire. Um, and so we kind of took that. And ran with it, and there was another rewrite. We definitely see that inspiration here. But before then, they are all discussing how, yeah, we've the, the Federation has run into these Temerians a few times over the last hundred years and never been able to communicate with them. But Picard is like, nah, we're the fucking Enterprise D. We got this. We can do it. <laughs> well, but is he or is it? Dathan, is it the Temerians? Because they went to the planet and they just started broadcasting, like, come here, we're doing this. Oh, yeah. When we talk later about how these uh, seemingly peaceful aliens have kidnapped the captain of an alien race and uh, imprisoned him on a deadly planet, 
I believe it was premeditated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I think John, you're on to something. Somehow they were like, Picard, he's the one. He's he's the one. We're going to. We're going to beam down both our captains. They're going to fight a monster, Gilgamesh. They're, they're going to do the thing. <laughs> they're going to be like, this is a guy who the Klingons were like, you're going to solve all of our political problems. And then he did. <laughs> He's the guy that we can just make fight a monster. I like that, actually. Maybe not die. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know he had to do something with the Targ while he was on Kronos. You know what it was? They saw the jacket and they said, yeah. that's the guy. <laughs> this is the guy. That's the guy. Uh, yeah, but no, I mean, in in that scene, Picard's like, oh, I think it will just take some patience and understanding, which we've got. <laughs> and then the very next scene is just perplexed looks on the entire bridge. I will. So obviously, I was aware of this episode a little bit. It's very memed. This episode, so I I I was kind of familiar. I thought it would be a little more lighthearted, but really, this scene is the only bit of levity we get, and it's it's enjoyable. I mean, I enjoy the rest of the episode too. It's just. I was expecting more of like what this scene is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Worf is also just like, let's blow him up. Like <laughs> every scene. You thought it was just going to be like a whole lost in translation thing, which of course, yeah, always starts with Worf being like, I don't understand it. Shoot it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it must be aggression. <laughs> that tracks. You think he might have changed a little bit after his time on Kronos, but if nope, he could just same old Worf. If he could fire torpedoes at a language, he would. <laughs> <laughs> Destroy that language. I mean, you know, he's at this point after after spending so much time on his home planet, well, his ostensible home planet, he's just sitting there with a pain stick in his room being like, I'm a Klingon. I'm a Klingon. <laughs> Still trying to convince himself. Yeah. I thought it was notable that in this episode, all about language and trying to understand this alien race, there is not one mention of the universal translator. Right. And I definitely feel like the writers at this point have just been like, it doesn't make sense. Let's just not deal with it. We know it's there and move on. And I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, I get it. It's a trope that we need for it to be a TV show we can all watch. We don't want to watch 20 minutes of them deciphering a language. I mean, the translate is working, but... But it's just not made for metaphor and stuff like that. Exactly. Or exactly. very basic SQL data, database cross-reference. Right. But you would think the cast would be like, or the crew would be like, uh, check the universal translators. That were, are these the words they're actually saying? Yeah, yeah. you think that would be the first thing they would check. But yeah, they don't, not a mention. Nope. Yeah. My only, I, I had to let it go right away. My biggest issue with the language was just that, like, be like data could just take all the words that are coming in and like cross reference them all immediately and event and kind of figure it out a little faster. I don't know. I just thought it- especially since he he references that he's come into contact with 1754 <laughs> non-human races. Right. I mean, well, he he does do that. Yeah. I don't think he has as much information as the computer though. Like he just has the information he's read and like, come across. He should stick his finger in the computer and then he's just <laughs> the USB works. port that is <laughs> Also, for an episode that's all about language, uh, we talk briefly about the the inspired choice of Dathan. Dathan. Uh, as a name. They're like, well, it's, I don't know. I mean, Nathan, what do you think for, we should name this guy on Darmok? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't have a dumbass name for this. Like, dumbass Nathan. Dathan. Dathan. So, Speaking of Dathan, we want to explore his IMDb page. Yes, let's. This is Paul Winfield. Paul friggin' Winfield, mm-hmm. man. Star Trek He's alum. known for Star Trek II as Terrell in The Wrath of Khan. Okay. And he's known as Traxler in The Terminator. And General Casey in Mars Attacks and uh, Walter Wright in Cliffhanger. Those are his, uh, 
his known force. He goes uh, 126 hmm. credits. Uh, he started back in 1965 on a Perry Mason, and we will slowly uh, work our way up, and you will shout out anything that, is, that jumps out at you. I spotted that he was Jim in uh, some early version of Huckleberry Finn. That sounds oh, interesting, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be pretty good. I will say, having seen the screenshots of The Charmings, I kind of want to see what he does in that. He's the, he's the magic mirror. Oh, in the Charmings, is like an 80s. 1987. Of, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Magic Mirror. Uh, L.A. Law, some Family Matters. Wait, I just wanted to scroll back a little bit. I don't know what this is, but the title is Back to Hannibal, The Return of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Is this the crossover Silence of the Lambs, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn movie we've been waiting for? Or is Hannibal a town in Missouri where it's all started? I mean, Disney presents it, but this is 80s Disney, so, I mean, anything's fair game. Tom Sawyer's liver doesn't get eaten in that, I'm going to be very disappointed. Dennis the Menace, okay, some Babylon 5. Gargoyles with all the other TNG. Nice. Oh, of course he's in Gargoyles. It's all that, the next gen uh, okay, All, I mean, nothing's really jumping out. Magic has, School Bus. He has quite a illustrious career, though. Decade after decade after decade. Lucius Sweet and the Simpsons. Until 2003, when he was in Kids Ten Commandments, Toying with the Truth, a I video short. Never end with Jesus. Never end your career with Jesus. Uh, well, great job to our friend uh, who stopped acting in 2003 because he retired, and he's super happy and super alive, probably. Actually, Thank he you, died Paul Winfield. Never mind. Don't read the <laughs> de- oh. end date. We're not doing that. This I'm is a sorry. fun podcast. That's okay. A- it's a very fun podcast. I will say I did not actually realize he was the captain of the is it the Re- the Reliant? Yeah, the Reliant, I think. Until I had actually watched this and did a tiny bit of research. He's nice. the worm of like, the year guy. Yeah. He is the worm in the ear. Oh, guy. wow. It's like, oh, okay. no, Bonnie. It's like, I'm sorry, Captain. I got a worm in my ear. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it more, but it's just, thank God they've got like two actors of such high caliber to do those scenes on the planet because it could have gotten silly fast with all of these just like nonsense words. I, he did remarkably well considering the script he had to work with. Yeah, his emphasis was remarkable. Yeah. Pause and, and emphasis. And the. The face makeup, like everything, like yeah. everything was working against this guy, and he delivered an emotionally powerful performance. The thumbs, yeah. Are we yes, going to get I into the thumbs? The thumbs. <laughs> are we, we going to lean into the various forms of what the thumbs might be? <laughs> what, what 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 might they be? Well, I mean, the the first thing I had to mind was not actually what you were thinking. I was, I don't know why this came to mind. Probably because I'm an '80s child, but it looked kind of like they'd severed the top off of a snork. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember the snork. It was this oh, cartoon yeah. from oh, the 80s yeah. with like undersea Smurfs. And they had these little, well, like Tamarian thumbs hanging out on their head. <laughs> I mean, the rest of the fingers are fine, except they've got like snork thumbs for no reason. All right. So this guy's going to be known as Snork Thumbs from here on out. So Snork Thumbs comes on the screen and he's trying to talk to the crew. The Enterprise crew is looking perplexed. Snork Thumbs and his crew are looking just frustrated. I love that. After 100 years of not being able to communicate, they gave it one more shot before the old Darmok and Jalad strategy, which is number one seems surprised. I like that's the only reason that makes you think maybe it wasn't pre-planned, but I think I think he planned it. I think he knew it's like, OK, we need to take drastic measures because we want to communicate with these people. We need to do battle together against something. And I think he mm-hmm. didn't tell his crew. 
So he's basically oh, so he a season one Picard. He's the Picard of the Tamarians. He's like, I'm going to go there under normal <laughs> diplomatic circumstances and then fuck everything <laughs> up so it works out at the end. Yeah. And <laughs> I will say, I love that, not to die. that his number one is absolutely the Riker of the Tamarians. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. he is Riker. Through, like, no, you can't go down there. <laughs> and just, yeah, it's like, oh, it's Riker versus Riker. This is awesome. But he has this double leg. When he gets on a chair, he both legs go over at the same time. Just, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I like that. It's like horse knees, so they just spin backwards. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it. How, how is it possible that the Tamarian shields, though, are somehow better than the Enterprise? That they could, I mean, how how is it that their particles scattering field, whatever they do, somehow totally disables the I've Enterprise? Got this. Through the power mm. of myth. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it's because they focus on their upper D region, but that's right. <laughs> they could be focusing on the re- their D region. It's a lot of D region talk. Uh, so I really, before. I just, I, I'm familiar. I want to say up front, I do really enjoy this episode. It's a really good episode. I mean, who wouldn't enjoy this episode? I can't think of a single person who would not <laughs> mm-hmm. enjoy this episode. I can think of one. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'll be, I'll be the naysayer in this one. I, I will be the the person that opposes it. Yes, groovy. I kind of like that if you look at the Wikipedia page on this, like mm-hmm. a whole list of it is all the awards, including like there was a one of the, the tech blogs was like, we don't like this episode. And then everyone ran like rammed it down their throats until they said, <laughs> OK, we like this episode now. Like that's <laughs> important enough that it is noted on on Wikipedia about how how Trek fans deal with people that don't like Darmok. So um, good luck, Bobby. No, this is a jack off for literary illusion types. And I'm I'm an English teacher, so I'm sorry, but I will say that just because you talk about Gilgamesh does not mean that it makes a good episode. <laughs> oh man. But it's Patrick Stewart talking about Coming Gilgamesh. Coming in with the hot Gilgamesh takes. In a sexy jacket. This is an episode for English teachers. Yeah. A- after I saw the cut in the uniform and Patrick Stewart's torso. Are you saying after you that would... it was it was all downhill. You wouldn't watch a, a like TV special that's just Patrick Stewart in that jacket reading Gilgamesh. Actually, I would find that more entertaining. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's just a. I, I will be quiet now, and I want to hear more praise because I was swayed. Persuade well, me. Well, no, maybe, maybe Bobby, you'll you'll understand me when I do give these critiques of like. It seems like the Temerians should know that their language will not translate to other species. Like, they're, they've got interstellar travel. They're smart enough to send, like, mathematical uh, cascading numbers to uh, another species to draw them in. You'd think they would be aware, like, oh, we just talk in metaphors. Of course this doesn't make sense. Like, they shouldn't look so frustrated at this. Exactly. I also wonder about the Universal Translator, to bring that back. If it's translating it literally, they obviously have words for things. They have arms and walls and open and closed. They have terms for at least things and states of being. So if they can understand that, you think that would be a place to begin uh, uh, a language assimilation. It's because you don't understand their thinking, Cameron. Yeah. And how do they teach their kids what the what these metaphors mean? Like, there's I have a lot of questions about how this language. I think works. you're just ethnocentric, is what's going on, Cameron. Okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe. You know, no, no, I'm joking. Wait, well, Bobby, you were supposed to be on my side with this. <laughs> oh wait, I agree with you. Okay, <laughs> what historical myth allowed two scientists in, of, in the children of Tama to figure out how to make a particle spat- scattering beam 
for the starship exactly. that they've constructed. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, John. Also, do they only have five myth- mythical figures, proper nouns, to, <laughs> right. and, and an island and an ocean? Like, I'm sorry, these people have eight eight proper nouns, and that's that's, that's, that's me being adventurous, thing. and maybe four nouns. And if that's all they can their, describe, okay? <laughs> yeah, if this was their language, they would have so many different versions of failure to talk about. Like, Shaco and the Wallace Fell would be one version of failure, but they would have, like, embarrassing yeah. failure, funny failure. Yeah. Shaco when he got pantsed, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, there'd be other things. Also, is Shaka just, like, the biggest screw-up of all time? Like, imagine <laughs> your name literally being... Like meaning I'm failure. I'm pretty sure that Shaka is just at this point the Tamarian version of fuck. <laughs> like there's there's this one spot about ten minutes in where where they're trying to communicate. I don't know. I asked John to get the clip, but I also didn't ask until like an hour ago when I was covered He's in got it. Okay. Here's that clip. Shaka. When the walls fell. <laughs> Shaka indeed. I mean, that's totally then just being like, ah, oh, fuck. Hundred <laughs> percent. Fuck. And that's that's when the that's when Dathan thinks there's a hint because obviously Picard's like, yeah, fuck. And it's like, oh, oh, we're communicating now. This man understands. So, so this, <laughs> you guys are telling me that you don't understand this language? Wow, you guys really remind me of the the plot of this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so meta. It's crazy. It's, meta it's almost like this form. language is really hard to understand and. That that's that's the point of it. <laughs> yeah, they don't have sure, nouns. Sure. They don't use nouns. Anyway. Often, they don't have a word for wall. They have a story for wall. So I mean, they, the way they do have the way their brain wall. works. We don't. We, we can't understand it. When, when Our brains don't fell. work that way. That's right. That's right. Well, all that to say, like, I I still think the the big ideas of the episode and the emotion of the episode are are good enough that. I can easily sweep all those problems away. But I, they did occur to me. I do not have strong feelings about this episode. So, Bobby, you just blast away, and I enjoyed it, but I don't care if you hated it. It's fine. I mean, I respect why Patrick Stewart was so enamored with it. You know, I get that. I get that why it won awards. Um, it's just, to me, not um, Star Trekky enough. <laughs> it's more linguist. <laughs> it's more uh, anthropologist. It's... Uh, more hi- historical representation that's fine but it is I'd- funny that they took a like classic kirk scenario and they added <laughs> literature to mm-hmm. it like that's what's really funny they're like hey let's well, take a-, a kirk scenario would have ended with captain picard and dathan boning well, this is the <laughs> yes that's true this is that's why this is the we don't know what happened at that campfire uh, this is like, i would prefer would- that episode <laughs> yeah but this is like what would happen if picard was in a kirk scenario and this is exactly yeah. what would happen if picard the nerd was in a, a- a Kirk scenario. I think that's a great framing for it, Rob. Yeah. I I agree. Yeah, it, it, I got so many TOS uh, vibes. Yeah, vibes, but yeah, with a TNG kind of framework and pretentiousness, but not right. a Picard framework because he should have been eating this shit up all episode. <laughs> oh, sure. He shouldn't have been yeah. frustrated at all. Well, right. he should been like. I mean, he was he was kidnapped. He was kidnapped. <laughs> Picard does not like human beings' rights being taken away from them. Oh, if you think he doesn't like that now, wait till you get later in the season. I just have a that one scene <laughs> where um, Picard wakes up and Dathan is missing. Like, where is he? What's he doing? Is that like, a, is he like going off for just like the morning poop? Uh, they have really long morning pisses. Yeah. Can't Tamarian can't can't have some privacy? I'm pretty sure he's poking the bear. I'm pretty is sure he went, I, he went looking for the beast. Right. He's yelling, 
we got to fight now. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So, yes, Dathan and, and Picard on Eldrill. That's the planet they're on. They get beamed down there. And, hey, we're past our cold open. Good job, guys. <laughs> hey, all right. The show is cold It's open. really funny because all my notes, I have so few notes for this. And they're all just like, transport, Picard and jacket, weird thumbs. That's like, I have so, <laughs> so few things to. What's well, the problem with like these? these I mean, one, it's, there's a lot of repetition in this episode. It's just like a lot of Riker and the crew trying to figure things out. Picard trying to figure out the language. So, yeah, there's not a ton to talk about. I do like uh, Dathan's campfire ritual he does where he's like shaking his little. I'm not I have no idea what's happening there, but I think it's cool. Reminds me of uh, uh, Willow. I must consult the bones. <laughs> that's my that's my Billy Barty impression. Yeah, it's not it's not. A, an, I would say a action driven story. Even though there's a monster and and, and a, some space battles. Uh, I mean, sort of. It's more like a space version of Keep Away. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. Like the Enterprises were like, "I want to go to the planet," and then the Tamarians are like, "No, can't get it. Can't get the planet. Oh, you can't reach the planet. Sorry." Exactly. <laughs> and the writers were like, "Someone needs to get shot. It's gonna be." Warm. Except there's they're Tamarians, so they're like, "Oh, Shaka, when the walls fell, Shaka, when the walls fell." <laughs> no, Nelson, when he held the and, ball and up, whatever's happening, we don't know what Worf is thinking. At that point, he's just incredibly annoyed and thinks he wants to shoot something. I kind of 100% though wanted the entire episode just to be Picard and Dathan on the planet. I, like that was the most compelling thing. I was annoyed every time we went up to Riker and just saw them like deal with technical. I, I for once I did not want to hear about the upper. Oh, D I'm, region I'm sorry, you're data. talking about when they when they went up to the Enterprise and they were like, nobody has solved this in 100 years. Oh, we got it in 15 <laughs> minutes because we realized you can cross reference two words. Two databases, yeah. It's like- They're like, wait, what if what if we cross compare those two words? And realized there was a dude named Darmok on a planet named Tanagra. Well, that's not really what they discovered, Wait, though, I don't think. Hey, that's not- Gene, Gene Roddenberry hadn't heard of Google yet. You know, it's not his fault. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, they- My defense of that is because I totally bumped on that at first, too. I was like, why the heck is this other planet? Like, how would they know this if they can't communicate with these aliens? How does this other planet have this Tamarian mythological figure on it? Weirdly, the, and then I- the universal translator knows proper nouns like nobody's business. We we don't know why apparently because we don't know anything about why the universal translator but proper nouns. Mwah. Well, I got the impression during the campfire scene. I had the revelation that I don't think Darmok was a Tamarian. I think Mm-mm. many 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 years ago, some other species, whatever planet that was, I forget Sathel three or whatever. There was a hunter named Darmok on there who was in trouble. A Tamarian came, crash landed, something happened. They couldn't talk, but they worked together. They figured it out. They fought the beast, and and then they left. And they never really formed communication. But now on this planet, that is a mythological like. The, and now they're known, so those are in the computer. Now the Tamarians have probably never said Darmok and Jalad on Tanagra to any other Federation ship before, because right, this is the first the, time they're trying it. It's not in the database, right? So those were really the only two words in the database that they could have cross referenced from their language. Hmm. Is my theory. That's what I figure. I mean, they're not, I mean, they didn't, you know, the Enterprise never did figure out the story that it's based on because it is a story that's only in their, in their culture. Yeah. But in the fire, they talk about Darmok was alone and then Jalad came. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. They're two different. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. definitely think the ocean is supposed to be space. 
So uh, our friend Jesse from the Sudden Rebop podcast, he asked, he was wondering if there had been a time when we shared the same goal with someone else but could not complete it for some reason, much like Picard and Dathan. Hmm. Any any of those stories? Hmm. Well, I mean, only my poor Spanish when I go to Mexico or Central America. Um, I do speak nouns, and uh, it, it does feel like I'm saying just noun verb or mm-hmm, you know par- mm-hmm. a part of speech. And they go, "Oh, you speak very good Spanish." And I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> so uh, yeah, and it just only when I've traveled internationally. Oh, I, I mean, just in our my filmmaking. I was about to found damn that. it, Cam. I was about to say I used to make a bunch of films with this guy, and man, <laughs> we would have wildly different ideas and come to the same point. <laughs> but we we'd always get there. That's almost the opposite. I've had definitely had other times though where, in retrospect, it was like, oh, we really should have communicated our roles beforehand instead of are, just are butting you talking heads. Talking about Abe Team. <clears throat> No, Abe team was fine, but other other films with the same crew perhaps uh, suffered more ignoble fates because of uh, lack of communication. Been, there, there were definitely some films in that where we had two directors and that was it. Exactly. A film cannot have two directors, especially when each one thinks they're directing, but hasn't communicated to the other one. I think one of my favorite things former host Alex has ever said was, every time I work on a movie with you guys, I think... This is going to be a total fucking disaster. And then it gets to the end and I see it. I'm like, oh, this is really good. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's pretty fair. I've I've gotten that compliment from a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, as we said, Worf gets shot uh, during a rescue mission and has to turn around. Oh, I think we've got some audio from this uh, little skirmish. Lieutenant Worf, evasive maneuver sequence delta. Maneuver sequence delta. That's an awfully fancy way to tell Worf to turn right. Because that's all that he does at that moment, is turn the ship right. I also kind of like, unrelated to that, that talking slowly is still a thing even in Tamarian culture. Like, you don't understand me? Let me talk slower at you. Oh, you still don't know? What the hell? <laughs> that's true. I didn't catch that, but that's funny. Yeah. yeah. They could have also just like drone stick figures and like the sand and dirt. Like there's still like visual representation that like, was never ever ever burned something in well, with the, in the rock. That's why Dathan is so special. Dathan's the first <laughs> one to realize, hey, maybe we're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I actually open my fist and close my fist and that being said, Dathan's solution is also let's go to murder planet so I can get murdered. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely take a while to get where the arrival got very quickly. And it's like, yeah, you start basic <laughs> and you work your way up from there. Yeah, yeah Dathan is taking a swing with this uh, kidnapping a Federation captain to uh, yeah. increase trade talks. Yeah. It's also very lucky that this is the story that they chose about two people getting along. Like, you know, there's some other story somewhere. They're like, well, he cut off his legs, but afterwards they were best of friends. <laughs> <laughs> how about the uh, data indiana team up i i i do always enjoy those even if i would have rather been on the planet but i do like them working together and it was a little bit of a waste of a scene but it was like it bit. was good to see them talking and working together mm-hmm. it really does th- seem like like troy could have come a long way in helping these communications absolutely <laughs> 
I mean, she can understand if he's trying to com communicate compassion or he's questioning or, I mean, if you don't ha know if it's interrogative or if it's a statement uh, and she just uses her Google God, basically, <laughs> even though she's sitting with Data, who's a Google God. Bobby, your, your English teacher's showing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then something is stalking the captains. Yes, it's the next morning. Picard has found his little doohickeys by the fire. He's found the captain's log. Oh, they both have captain's logs. They've got something in common. But... Uh, something is stalking them. They're in danger. I wanted really badly. I didn't, I thought about way too late, but I was going to, um, hot glue some popsicle sticks together and award and like, you know, hot glue a piece of candy corn to one and award them to you guys as medals. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like, sweet. Hey, look, you just like ran. It looked like his medals were just random shit. Just glue. Yeah. I also like how they're like, jackets just have all the little buttons to put the medals. And he had a lot of empty buttons. Oh. I don't know if this guy was like that cream of the crop of the Temerian Empire. I think he maybe he <laughs> took them off. He didn't want Picard to be embarrassed because obviously Picard only had those four oh. buttons when they were on the screen. <laughs> like, oh shit, this guy's... Oh my god. I, I, maybe I'm overthinking this whole... I mean, it's a good jacket, but four buttons? And Picard's uh. buttons aren't like toothpicks that are with um, gum wrappers stuck to them. Like, <laughs> you know, so like they're not even that great metal. They do look like giant everlasting gobstoppers. Yeah. Picard looks like he just came off a hot vacation, like, and he just got sent down to a, like. <laughs> he doesn't even exactly. <laughs> I don't. He just came from somewhere. Like he just, he just spent a week in the holodeck touring. Yeah. He just came back from the Hard Rock Cafe. The I don't countryside. know. <laughs> you know, after the, the avoiding a civil war with the, you know, exactly. Or a, he's like, he's just like, you know what? I did some shopping therapy. I bought myself. A, he got on Space Amazon and he bought himself a new jacket. Oh, or did the Federation award him that for solving the issue with the Klingons? Or I mean, it's it's half leather. Did the did the Klingons no, award? Wesley him? gave it to him because he found it at a thrift shop. <laughs> okay, okay, we've established that. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that was. Why canon. do you not care about continuity, Cameron? <laughs> okay, uh, Bobby, I, I, I believe you referred to Picard as a leather daddy in our text messages beforehand. I'm waiting for that reference. Well, I I, I, I forgot to mention that earlier. I'm trying to actually. set you up for, Thank for you. the leather daddy. Well, drop. I mean, I mean, I got to say, like, this is probably even though it's, I find it a semi boring episode, one of the hottest for Picard. Like I mentioned, he's wearing sure. this semi new outfit. It gets slashed open. You get to see a little bit of his torso. I swear there's some chest hair in there. I don't know. That is um, an extreme Kirk look for him. I love yes, it. Yes, thank you. TOS. And yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if that's my Starfleet leather daddy, that's him. Like, that's what I want. Like, let's go back on vacation. Let's go. <laughs> let's get that episode. Well, who do we meet next, guys? Darmok? Uh, Ensign Leffler? Oh. Oh, Ensign Leffler. Oh. I did not recognize her until I saw the credits at the end. Oh, I totally recognized her right off the bat. That's her first acting debut. Is it really her very first? Yeah. And then oh, her wow. next one is like four episodes from now on Star Trek. So. Oh, okay. So she comes back. This is how Ashley Judd got started. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, she owes I it did all not know that. That's super to cool. Star Trek. Yeah. And another person who you'll find out in, in, in four episodes. Uh, I also like after you meet her, then we uh, cut over to O'Brien in the transporter room and he's like fiddling with something on the wall. And just just because we've established that 
Chief O'Brien is actually a serial killer who uses the transporter as his means of uh, disposing of his victims. I I couldn't help but get Dexter vibes that he was like playing with his DNA wait, samples. I, I thought you the, hadn't uh, made it that far in the series yet. <laughs> oh wait, no, that was just a joke oh, that I we mean, have. Uh, no, no. Uh, wait, what are you? Shock huh? on the walls, fell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, once I made that connection, then I went back and thought about Ashley Judd and Jordy having to track down a serial killer on the Enterprise, or maybe Jordy's dad, played by Morgan Freeman. Mm. And it's called Transport the Girls. Come on, guys. I was thinking you were going for a double Jeopardy joke there. I was like, oh, man. So they're going to frame her for the murder? No, no. uh, LeVar Burton didn't get the Jeopardy gig. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. So back on the planet, uh, the 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 beast is getting closer. Picard and Dathan. Dathan is trying to explain strategy to Picard. He's he skipped right over the basic stuff, and he's trying to explain strategy. <laughs> also, I love how long it takes Picard to realize. Hey, maybe he means we shouldn't stand right next to each other, and we should attack from two sides. What a brilliant like, military strategy. Why has nobody thought of this before? I mean, that's why he picked it. He's like, we got to get something really stupid that even a human can understand it. Because, I mean, these guys <laughs> just it. burble nonsense. Look, I, I think I think the Sumerians are far more advanced. They've only dealt with the, Interpre- the uh, fleet for seven times in 100 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, Starfleet is crushing space. Watch all the shows. You'll see that. But these people mm-hmm. are barely communicating with anybody, can beam off any... Uh, captain they want disable yeah but i mean weirdly regardless of their level of technology this is also their their first time developing camera technology because before it was all voice chat which is why nobody ever figured anything out (laughs) (laughs) so i mean yeah they can they can travel through space they can beam people over but they you know no video cameras so no body language no drawing pictures i don't think they communicate in body language anyway like honestly i hate to keep Coming back to this, but they just yeah. body language is different for them. They don't think in body language. You think they, they just smile? That's why it took them so long to develop video conferencing? Yeah, they're like, why would anyone communicate by waving their arms? It's like when I don't know, like they these things. You're, you're all you're all thinking of these guys in a very terrestrial way, and like, why don't they have more? nouns but it's because they don't communicate in nouns but they do have we hear the nouns uh, every item is like a sentence they don't have a word for computer they have a sentence that uh describes the essence of the of what a computer is how how because they i don't know man they it's a, because it's a tv show and they communicate in myth and it's i mean it's crazy man. that's dumb you can be have a problem with that but like we should stop talking about it because you all don't understand how they communicate in the same way that the show wants you to not understand how they communicate. I just don't know if we need to spend all the entire episode talking about it. Rob, you're you're on to something because there's, there's a reason that it took two years to get this show to screen. It yeah. was very difficult to write. They had no idea how to do it production-wise. Um, and thanks to Dancing with Wolves, somehow we, we at least get a fire scene or whatever. Um, but it's that's a hard thing to conceptualize for a TV show, how to talk about cultural breakdown right uh i have a similar whenever i get i'm not really like fired up but i do this is the same thing when somebody this is a weird 
tangent. But when somebody is like, wants to know what heaven's like, and a religious person tells them, oh, it's like, you get, what's your favorite thing to do? Oh, you get to do it forever. And then that first person's like, well, that would be boring. And I'm like, well, that's not very imaginative of you because what if they've eliminated boredom? What if boredom is no longer a thing that exists because heaven is, you know, obviously anything can happen. But yeah, what if it's just that feeling of doing what you like, but it's not the actual, like, that's a very, like, earthly way to think about it. Like, oh, I'm going to be physically doing it like a, you know, pushing the boulder up the hill. But no, it's just like a weird concept. It's been, and boredom's gone. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, while, while we're making shit up, we can just like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Sense. That's really deep, Rob. And I don't know if I followed that exactly. I'm, I, I feel, I feel a little stoned just listening to you say whatever you just said. I know. It's a little weird. <laughs> it's just that like people are like, well, I don't want to be up in heaven because it sounds boring. And I'm like, well, guess what? Boredom in heaven is gone. They just eliminated it. So in this case, like, we can't understand what they're saying because they don't – what they're doing has nothing to do with the English language. I'm an English major as well, Bobby, so. I, I get what they're trying to do, but it's just like when the captain is slapping his fist and saying fists open and then opening his fist, it sure sounds like they have a word for fist He didn't say fists open. open, did he? Yes. Yes. Arms open wide. He says it. No, he's talking about the, 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 the general. Yeah. Uzaki, fists open, and then he taps his fist. Fists open. The thing open. is, you, you have to understand that about seven, about 1,700 years ago, there was this guy named Fist who really <laughs> <Yeah>. liked having <laughs> his hand open and close. Wilson Fist. And before that, yeah, before Wilson Fist, or sorry, it's it's Tamarian, so before uh, Dilson Fist came along, <laughs> they didn't have a word for it. Well, this seems like a good point to bring in our segment if anyone prepped anything. I know we didn't really I did. get specific on the detail. So whatever you may have prepped, we'll go with. It can be kind of a little uh, <laughs> mishmashy. Uh, does does anyone have any Temerian-type phrases they want to see if we can translate? I don't. That's fine. I mean, I do, but I was honestly kind of hoping to use some of them in the episode. Like if Cam went on a rant, <laughs> I could be like Wesley on the bridge, and he would know to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well see that's sarcastic that's jokes you gotta like you gotta find the real the message i don't know in. i think that is the essence of shut up <laughs> okay <laughs> i agree with you on that one <laughs> actually that should or, be the but i mean or like wharf on the bridge means oh that guy just fell down <laughs> <laughs> well i did come up with a three f- okay all right ready uh brat pack arms wide open uh is it another movie we're trying to yes, guess the or? first three are all movie plots okay brat pack br- arms wide open say anything no is it breakfast club yeah, yeah. oh of course oh geez i just i was just thinking breakfast club that's how good it was right as you said that and i just pictured breakfast club and i thought that's what yeah, you don't saying. overthink it cam i wasn't or i was Thank <laughs> you. okay uh second film uh einstein and the yellow wallpaper IQ maybe? Rob, you said you were an English major. You should be able to get this then. I mean, I, is it the yellow wallpaper? Is that what we're referencing? The short story? I love um, that story. That's my Yeah, I'll give you that hint. Yeah. I have a hot take that Fight Club is a modern remake of the yellow wallpaper. Ooh, I, I actually, I like that a lot. I wrote a paper on that in college. That's a good, hmm. <laughs> um, Einstein with the yellow wallpaper. Einstein going crazy. Does anybody have a guess before I tell you? Uh, uh, Back to the Future? No. No. Okay. Like pie or a beautiful mind? Yeah. Ooh. Yes. That's it. A beautiful what? mind. Pie? A beautiful mind. Beautiful mind. Oh, okay. Dogs. Sorry. Here go the dog. That's it. 
A beautiful mind. Good job, Ian. Ian's crushing it. Sorry. Uh, Dog, okay. we don't understand you. Use more metaphor. <laughs> Wolf what? Wolf on the ocean? Both. Wolf and Both. wolf at Tanagra? Both. <laughs> Third film. Okay. You guys can get this. Ian, you're ex- you're excluded because you're crushing it. So anybody but Ian can answer <laughs> on this one. Romeo and Juliet, When Ice Fell. When Ice Fell. A love story. I mean, Frozen is the first thing that pops to mind, but it sh- shouldn't be that. When the ice fell. Oh, 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 oh. Titanic? Yeah! Nice. <laughs> Ian's like, did you get that Ian too? Oh, well, I mean, did you know sh- that already? Sure, yeah, I, I got that. <laughs> Um, all right, well, I've got one that combines um, uh, movie and <coughs> history. Uh, it would be Amity with its beaches open. Oh, Jaws. The COVID pandemic. That's, Amity. Well, that's that's the metaphor, but yes, the pandemic, John, is what I'm referring I to. I get it now. I could wrap my brain around it. Uh, yeah, if you rewatch that movie now, it's there's a whole other level that wasn't there two years ago. <laughs> yeah. I do actually have one, because the original one was this really weird, in the email they sent out, Cam was like, try to describe a movie only using bits of other movies. So, you ready for for a hard one, Cameron? I guess so. What about you, Rob? I'm ready. What about you, Bobby? I'm going to get this one. I always am ready for a hard one. Okay. And and John? Shaka. Shaka, John. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So, movie to Marion style. That, a hunter, the T-1000 in the past, the run of Logan, Geppetto in his workshop, Zorg, his crate empty, Valjean and Javert on the wall, the victory at Pier. Okay, I'm going to need that one more time, sir. Okay. I, I'm going to might have to take notes. Okay. I just want to applause, applaud right now. I, I mean, that was... a. I think you should publish that. It's, it's poetic. Probably the greatest fan fiction Star Trek poetry I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know you are very well versed in Star Trek fan fiction poetry, so I thank you for that. So again, Tamarian, Tamarian movie, Fett, a hunter, mm. the T-1000 in the past, the run of Logan, Geppetto in his workshop, Zorg his crate empty, Valjean and Javert on the wall. The victory at Pier. At Pier? Pier. That one's not actually a movie reference. That's a historical one. So Okay. That last victory one. At-, at Pier. Okay. Okay. So there's there's a bounty hunter and a cop and a puppet. Mm. And someone commits suicide near the end. Terminator. Two. Somebody's laughing. Laughing. Zorg has crate empty. Huh. No, see, you're you're going. Oh, it's it's not about the laughter. It's about that feeling, frustrated, that, angry. That feeling he of didn't not get what getting, he wanted. So here, let, so he commits suicide. Let me help you with the metaphor and see if you can figure it out. Fat a hunter is, as Cameron pointed out, a bounty hunter. A bounty hunter. The T one thousand in the past is a man who is not a man. Oh, oh, X Files, the alien bounty hunter. Nope. The run of Logan is looking, seeking a longer life. Okay. Highlander. Oh, Blade Runner. John's got it. Damn it. Ah. Good one, John. Bravo. 
Nice, yes, okay. Oh, Geppetto the puppet maker. Uh, bravo, yeah. bravo. Yeah, they well go. done. And he did not find what he look, was looking for no. in the crate. And then they fight up on a wall, because that one just had to be on the news. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's when Javert commits suicide, right? I don't think I understood anything in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go ahead and put a content warning about 15 minutes back. Like, all right, take a hit of weed now. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I mean, Rob was just looking at snorks Rob. this entire time. He was like, what other parts of Tamarians are just the tops of snorks? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what I was wondering. Uh, yes, there's a... <laughs> There's a moment I love when uh, Picard finally starts understanding uh, Snork Thumbs. He's like, oh, we're, oh, I'm supposed to stand over here. And he just, he has this like the biggest grin on his face. Like he, this is the moment where Picard is loving it. He's like, oh, I'm getting, he's getting that thrill of like understanding. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he is, he's very excited there, even though they're about to face a life and death situation. Uh, he gets the Kirkian shirt rip. The Enterprise yeah. tries to transport him, but he just kind of gets stunned in place. Now, do we think that Riker and the Enterprise royally fucked things up here and are responsible for Dathan dying, or did they save Picard's life? Because honestly, it didn't look like either of them were making much headway on this. I don't know. I think with a little more, uh, they would have, I mean, obviously, it's the show. They would have figured out the weakness. Uh, given some time fighting the thing, they would have uncovered its weakness. And I do think that somewhere between the beaming over of the captain's log and the final conversation in, in Picard's ready room, he definitely had a conversation with Worf and Riker. It's like, what the hell do you think you were doing? You got a good man killed. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. like he, you know, could they could have started a war. They got Dathan killed. Like, yeah. Like, for now on in Tamarian culture, they're going to be like Picard and Dathan and Eladrell. That's like when you try to do something good, but you ultimately fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the metaphor is. The end. That the the number two is just work, like we are done. <laughs> <laughs> that's the metaphor they took away. <laughs> yeah, this is the scene where uh, Data and Troy present their findings that they do speak in metaphors, but without the context, they have no way of uh, understanding or deciphering or translating. And I guess. This is uh, where we should bring up, and I'm sure much has been written about it, so we don't have to get dig too, too deep, but obviously the episode did not realize that it would be predicting memes as as well as it does. Uh, friend of the pod, HB, uh, mentioned that on Facebook, and also, I mean, it's just, I've, I've had many conversations on Twitter and Facebook where it's just memes, where we just reference movies to each other, and we know what we're saying the entire way through. Sure. So... That's a cool aspect of this yeah. episode, I think. It's a good idea. It's a good point. I mean, we have reached Tamarian-like conversations within only 30 years. Like like if somebody says two rainbows in the sky, you, you immediately, it's like, <laughs> what does that mean? And they're like, yes, that is correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> or someone says to you, two girls with one cup, you're going to have a very specific reaction that those individual sets of words should not elicit mm -hmm. but put together or like cam exactly. what is your feeling when i say wash a leaf in the wind oh god damn man i'm feeling it i'm feeling it right here right where wash felt it <laughs> mm. so then we get the the campfire scene uh it's 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 a nice big moment 
in the middle of the episode and we uh it's it's i mean i think it's where the the episode goes from like dealing with some good sci-fi kind of pretentious heavy-handed english teacher stuff to actually kind of having an emotional through line thanks to these actors yeah what do we think of the scene ripped off from dances with wolves (laughs) it's probably more poignant than we've had in a while yeah Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Especially with it le- ending with the death of of Dathan, which I don't think they quite. I don't know. I think that could have been missed pretty easily that he actually died in that scene. Well, I thought he died in the previous scene, so yeah, I was relieved when he's alive here. And then let's listen to this clip. I will say that I'm setting up um, something for another friend of the pod, Michelle P on Twitter. She kind of unearthed something in the scene that I hadn't picked up on, and that I'm sure wasn't meant, but. Uh, I think it's really interesting. So she kind of wrote like a little mini Trek story that basically is this quote. And then she followed it up with something. So let's listen to the quote and then I'll narrate what she followed it up with. All right. They were victorious. But Enkido fell to the ground, struck down by the gods. And Gilgamesh wept bitter tears, saying... He who was my companion through adventure and hardship is gone forever. Picard sighed. One word caught silently in his throat. Jack. So she was really picking up some Jack Crusher uh, subtext here with the story Picard was telling, which I thought was pretty damn good. I I mean, I doubt the writer or even the actor or the director meant it, but I like that's the nice thing about long-running shows like this is you can kind of find those extra elements. Nice. I thought I thought that was pretty good. What I picked up on it from, though, is it kind of sounds like Picard is basically narrating his death. Like, because he goes, and gone, and that's when the guy's head drops, which is why I thought they did kind of punch it. And I was like, well, it sounds, Picard, it sounds like you just killed him by narrating the story. Can we at least try a resurrection story now? Could you maybe tell him Spock's body in the torpedo on Genesis and see if he comes back to life now? It's worth a shot, Picard. Weirder things have happened in Star Trek. Picard's murder story powers only work one way. (laughs) Picard's murder story time. I mean, Picard's voice is the ring. There have been entire civilizations lost to, to Picard's stories. <laughs> That's why most aliens won't fuck with the Enterprise. It has nothing to do with being the flagship of of the of the Federation. It has to be like, ah, oh, crap. Picard's going to tell a story, and then our our, our moon's going to blow up or something. It was so when Picard was like, "I have an ancient Earth story to tell you," what did you guys think he was going to tell? Gilgamesh, because I, I watched this oh, like thought, oh, okay. oh, twenty yeah, years ago. The story, the story of <laughs> the story of Weekend at Bernie's is the one that I think of. <laughs> so you thought it was just going to be eventually about okay, now that you're dead, let's see what we can do. We've got just Dathan up on his shoulder wearing sunglasses, like hey, Tamarians, <laughs> Dathan and Picard at Eladrell, and then they just bring down like beam down a six pack, and then it's just party time. <laughs> It is cool that he chooses mythology good. instead of religion. You know, he could have he could have sure. uh, gone with something more like that, which is so dominated by all of modern man. But uh, to go with Gilgamesh, I still kind of think is, yeah. 
But I mean, how many? I mean, how many people watching Star Trek: The Next Generation like understand Gilgamesh myth? Or well, that's why he tells the story. Exactly. He's like, you know, if I'm going to do this scene, I'm going to culture our fans. I I just I was hoping for some Dixon Hill. Like I just wanted to break <laughs> into some 1920s detective dime store story. <laughs> I absolutely did when I because you know this I was a kid when this came out, and when I finally got around to reading Gilgamesh in school, it's like. Oh, like that Star Trek episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. It oh, absolutely, so yeah. It's like knowing the Weird Al version of a song before you know the original. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not going to listen to my dad's music, but I do really like my baloney. <laughs> All right. So uh, then they get Picard back. He is in one badass pose when he t- transports back up to the Enterprise. Yeah. Well, Brian mm-hmm. should be like, oh, what's, you know, I thought he would comment on it. Like, Brian just phasers him down. He's like, oh, he's going to attack. <laughs> you know, Picard. He was in attack yeah. mode. <laughs> O'Brien's got like a set of buttons on his console for picking the pose for when people come back up. <laughs> and he trusts Picard. So Picard, Picard is always classy when he beams back up. Uh, well, he did it once to Picard and never again because mm-hmm. he was uh, cleaning out the replicator. A uh, disposal unit. I, I don't know. What's what's a gross thing they clean out on the Enterprise? The, the Jeffries tubes? Yes. If he was like mid-knife throw and then he got transported, Ooh. would it then continue the throw? And like, That's and a then, good question. And then the story's all about O'Brien in the transporter room <laughs> with a knife in his head. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does that mean? O'Brien in the transporter room, knife in his head. Like if Picard was like full sprinting and he got tra- tell, uh, transported up, would like, the sprint continue? I'm just curious about these things. And then Jordy walks in. He's like, not again. No, O'Brien. <laughs> you know, they've got a six pack of O'Briens in Storage Bay 5. <laughs> That's why you don't see him every so every so often. They're like, oh, this one went stale. Bring out the next O'Brien. They're thawing out the next one. Yeah. Uh, so Picard gets up there. Oh, shit. I, I was going to have you pull the uh, the audio from The Long Goodbye when he has to talk to the, the insectoid alien race in season one. It just reminded me of that where he had like run to the bridge to speak in an alien language to save the day. Uh, this one was not quite as laugh out loud funny as that one. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it did kind of feel a little bit like, oh, all they had to do was repeat what they were saying back to them. All they, I know there all they some... had to do was repeat what they were saying back to them? Oh. All they had to do was repeat what they were saying back to them. Well, they had to repeat them. what they were saying back to them, uh, but with confidence. With confidence. It's all about confidence. That's the theme of this episode. The theme of this episode is that it's all about confidence. Well, Fake it till you make it. That's the theme of this episode. And unrelated to all of that, it also wasn't until this final scene that I realized that hanging out in the very center console of the Tamarian ship was it looked like the head of R2-D2. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'll have to rewatch it now. Oh, yeah, we do get a denouement in this episode, which, you know, is rare. And I love that there's a little, like, let's talk about what it all means moment. We're going to start and, seeing uh, more of these. I'm so glad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, typically, la- last season, this episode would have ended immediately once the Temerian ship turned around. I do uh, love this shot from the outside of his room, like, actually seeing... Mm-hmm. through the window of the Enterprise of his of his ready room. I feel like the last time we saw that was Best of Both Worlds Part 2, and I do love those pensive Picard shots out the window. Well, if you love pensive Picard, you are going to love this season. <laughs> oh. Also, wonderful music in this episode. Yeah. Like, the score mm-hmm. for this episode was very well done. Thank you for bringing that up, yeah. Could have really ruined the episode if they hadn't done 
as good a job as they did. They had a little yakety yak over the fireplace. Gilgamesh. Amazing what a, what a song can do. It's either yakety sax or a uh, baby elephant one. Yep. <laughs> Didn't realize there was a name for that. Yes. Baby elephant walk. Mm-hmm. Now I know. Well, that was the episode. Any, anything else? Any last uh, words on the jacket? Did we miss any of the phrasing? We said Shaka when the walls fell. Who's who had arms wide open? Creed with Timba. arms wide open. <laughs> Timba. Yeah, I mean, come on, Cam. The River Tamok in winter. In winter, <sighs> I really, I really wanted the trans. I did look for translations because I wanted to know. I wanted to know what the Tamarians were yeah. talking about. Because they keep saying Tamok, but when when it's Tamok in winter, you know you done fucked up. That's right. Exactly. That's interesting. Let's. I I took that as. The River Tamok is a very slow, calm, quiet river. So he's telling his number two to shut up. But then in the wintertime, it freezes over. It's like, no, shut the hell up. Like, I do, I don't want any, I don't want to hear anything from you. So yeah. that was Dathan's version of Wesley shut so up. So that would be like Wesley on the bridge. <laughs> oh, that kind of shut up. All right. I don't know. I mean, I wish I could dig deeper into this, but, um, I know like the people that love it and award it all its awards uh, read into that, but as as an English teacher, I can tell you like most English literary shit is bullshit. Um, <laughs> so that's why I think that it, it. Bobby just wanted to see people slingshot up into space. It would just be I, it would just be hours of Picard sitting there, slowly getting more and more leather daddy, reading Gilgamesh. I would watch that. <laughs> I'm a fan. Well, let's quantify those feelings, Bobby. How are we going to rate this, Rob? That's a good question. Um, thumb, snork thumbs. Um, How many walls ooh. would you fall? Fell? How many fists open? I was going to say D. What's the D region? <laughs> oh, the upper D region. That's where the uh, ionosphere is scattered or something. I don't know. I was going to ask you guys what what your favorite region is. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the... Uh, the F region. Yeah, that's good. F region's good. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I like the idea of level, layers into the D region. That's fine. Okay. How many layers into the also, D region? Also, I think Marcy would be disappointed we never really took that joke to its full. Yeah. For Marcy. Let's well, do nobody's... it for Marcy. <laughs> I mean, we didn't bring up that the, 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 the thumbs might not have been snork thumbs, but could have been flaccid penis thumbs. I mean, that that is a, an option. <laughs> Those thumbs were dildos. Dildo oh, thumbs. we almost missed it, oh, Marcy. Shit, shit, shit. Oh. Dildo thumbs. Dildo thumbs. Layers of the D region. Where are you going, Bobby? How how many how uh, deep into the D region are you journeying for this episode? When I think about all of the episodes in my whole canon of memory and rewatching the series over and over again, I I'm sorry. Four, four, mm. four Ds. Hot take, indeed. I'm going. I'm going low because don't forget, there's a whole like you don't have zero to ten if you're not going to use below seven. Okay, sure. Like, get some <laughs> balls, everybody. Blow up your D's and be able to like shrink them down to like a four every once in a while. I'm gonna. I'm so sorry. I've, I've I'm going to give it a four. I've seen some four, four episodes of Star Trek. Um, All right. I whenever I have this situation, I always just. Like a coward, we'll just give it seven levels. Uh, it was uh, watchable, and I enjoyed it, but I I didn't have a whole lot to say about it, obviously. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'd watch it again. That's about the only metric I have. Sure. 
Uh, I, I, I saw some comments. I mentioned I was watching this episode on Twitter, and uh, that tweet blew up. People got opinions about this episode for sure. A lot of people said, easy top three. Mm. I think that's definitely overstating it. Um, but I do think it's good. I like it a lot. I think they use the sci-fi genre to really kind of examine some stuff that they don't spend that much time on in TNG and still manage to get some pathos and emotion in there. Uh, but there wasn't really a lot about, there wasn't a lot of character movement. And that's what I really, that's what really pushes my buttons. So I'm going to go an eight. I think it's really good, but it's, uh, it's not top three. It's maybe, I don't know, maybe top 10 of what I've seen so far. Wow. That's still very high. Yeah. It's still pretty. I mean, it was, it was a pretty good episode. I, mean, I guess, I, yeah, before I get Ian's score, the, is the, is your scale then, Bobby, that like the worst, TNG episode is a one, so you're like the worst one's a one and the best one's a ten. Yeah, I mean, because if, if it's a series you like, you can be like, oh, there are no ones. I like this entire series. Mm-hmm. No, I'm rating it through the zero to ten. Some of them got to be zeros. Some of them got to be ones. You know, I mean, you can't rate everything a seven or eight. Then what's a three? Then I mean, some series might not have a three. Oh, there is a three episode still to come <laughs> in this in this uh, series. So I mean, unless you like absurdism. Our friends, the <laughs> you Firefly know what podcast, I'm about. <laughs> which I rewatched. And I, yeah, I don't think any. I don't think there's a Firefly episode lower than a six. Listen, I, I already know the fans are uh, questioning my joining of this podcast, so I'm just going to keep questioning them by rating this low. They can shit themselves. No, and we can. We'll show up in the ocean arms open and we'll move on i'm sorry I'm, I, you live your truth bobby thank you and that's what people are coming for oh they're gonna they're gonna merc- they're gonna just they're gonna massacre me right well okay if there is gonna be a massacre we'll just use the uh example of shikaka when the pet detective came and stop that war <laughs> how did we miss that Ooh, okay, one Ian, how did we with- miss that one <laughs> What's your rating, Ian? How deep into the D Sorry, I'm, I'm still, region are I'm you just, taking this? I'm still processing John's cut there. Uh, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a little bit yeah. deep into that D region. Speaking of going deep <laughs> into the D region, I <laughs> think, I mean, it is, it's an interesting. So going back to when it came out, this was one of my first experiences with high concept sci-fi. And I love high concept mm-hmm. sci-fi. Like brain, brain fuck sci-fi is my favorite type of sci-fi. So... From that point of view, this is still not my favorite Trek episode, uh, but based at least solely on the strength of um, Paul Winfield's performance, because he does an amazing mm-hmm. job in this. I I got to say, this is at least eight layers deep into the D region. Mm. You and me, the same level of That's D. Cameron and Ian on the podcast. And then, of course, John, uh, what do you what do you think about this this episode? I mean, I spend so much time in the Alpha region; it's hard to go up to the D region. But uh, I'm gonna have oh, to come with the come, come slum it in the D region with us. Yeah, John. absolutely. So, just looking at how long the D region can really get, um, it's a hard choice. But uh, I'll go with seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah, seven point right. five layers into the D region. Mm-hmm. Again, yep. Paul Winfield absolutely yep. turned what could have been a complete joke of an episode into something that actually had a lot of poignancy. I will, I will sure. give, I will, I will agree with you on that. He, if anything, he would bring my four up to a six and a half. Just, just alone, he, that's one of the hardest acting roles, probably in any Star Trek 
Next Generation episode, and he crutches it with 10 words of dialogue. Um, so Yeah. Well, thank you uh, to Jesse and Michelle P. for uh, commenting on our question comment thread on Twitter. You can do that on the Twitters. At Greenshirt87 will allow you to follow us. Uh, if you're more of a Facebook user, facebook.com slash greenshirtpodcast. Also get some stuff posted at. And Green Shirt Podcast on Instagram. And my locker combination in high school was... Uh, Wait, Rob, you actually have an actual uh, <laughs> uh, pitch now? Oh, yes. And uh, Oh, great. Okay, let me take this. <clears throat> and now you can buy merch from shirtnerdery.com slash green shirt. As always, visit iTunes or Podchaser if you want to leave us a review. Ratings, those help a lot. And then my uh, my other social media shout out is to at Fandom Thing Pod. It's a little late for you to watch because I just did it yesterday. Uh, but I was on there guesting for their uh, horror trivia contest. They're doing horror trivia for the entire month. There should still have a few going by the time this drops. So you can head over to at Fandom Thing Pod. Uh, check that out. They're also doing uh, their regular podcast is all uh, deep dives into different fandoms, as the title suggests. But again, they are focusing on horror for these few months. So if you're a horror fan, jump in there. They've got great insights. They have a really good Star Trek episode, too. So I can vouch for that. All right. Um, hey, who's who's reading the uh, next episode to me? Anyone? Oh, do shit. That, that bit? That's a producer John job. Now, all right. Oh, well, yeah. the next episode is... Ensign Row. Ensign Row. Well, that's a name. And uh, maybe if I had the context, I would know what cultural touchstone that's referencing. But I don't. Um, I do know Marcy is coming back to guest for that episode already. Oh, She's well, returning to guest. So is it a Tasha episode? I don't know. <laughs> um, does Ensign Row... I bet Ensign Row comes aboard the Enterprise and she just she just... Single white female's data. She's like dressed like Tasha, looking like Tasha. She's acting like Tasha. She just wants to get up on that data D, his upper D region. <laughs> and uh, things get creepy, if you know what I mean. So, instant row, single white female, basically the same movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Tune in a couple of weeks to see how right Cam is. <laughs> Before we go, I should ask Ian, I'm sorry, do you have anything you would like to tell the world, pimp or. Share. I don't know if you have anything going on. You would... No, just just processing the fact that Marcy decided to step out for one episode when I showed up. <laughs> <sighs> shaka. Shaka, shaka, shaka. Uh, Ian, guesting when Marcy left. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Salud. Bye. Shaka, indeed. <laughs>